it's time for some podcast reviews. This podcast review is from Mackenzie Belkestro. I recently discovered this podcast through Lisa's husband's podcast and wow, I've never been more grateful for the YouTube recommendations picks. I adore the way Lisa opens her guests up and always gets tactical tips for her listeners. How does that really look? It's something she says a lot, for instance, and I can't say how appreciative I am of this. In an age of gloss and filter, Lisa is the real deal. This is the most inspiring podcast. I listen now every day as I do my design work. Thanks, Lisa. Oh, that's such an awesome message. Thank you so much, Mackenzie. Have you ever been so emotional at work that you just later beat yourself up because you just wish you had managed it better? Have you ever had problems letting something go and you find yourself thinking about it non-freaking-stop and it's just eating you up inside? Have you ever felt paralyzed by indecision? You wake up in the morning feeling certain about something, but by the evening you just totally second-guess yourself, so you just end up not making any decision at all. Well, the success of today's Women of Impact was predicated on her looking inwards, addressing these very issues and going on to discover firsthand what it actually takes to overcome them. Although born into race car royalty as daughter of seven-time NASCAR champion Dale Earnhardt, today's guest didn't automatically cross the finish line. Despite the name, she never felt like she was winning at anything until she was forced to deal with the thoughts and feelings that were driving her decision, pun intended, and taking her in the wrong direction. So she decided to put her gear in reverse, bypass the scenic route, and drive down the rocky road of self-improvement. And it would take more than potholes and roadblocks to hold her back. With a heavy foot, she accelerated to become one of the most prominent businesswomen in NASCAR history. Former race car driver and co-owner of the Juggernaut Junior Motorsports, she was the recipient of the Top 25 Women in Business Achievement Awards by Charlotte Business Journal, was listed in 2009 as the third most powerful woman in NASCAR by ESPN.com, and named in 2015 as one of Sports Business Journal's Game Changers Women in Sports Business for her impact on the motorsports industry. And now, in her new book, Drive, Nine Lessons to Win in Business and in Life, she shares the lessons she learned about being a successful business leader and what she discovered, often the hard way, about succeeding in life. But these lessons, guys, aren't a blueprint for success. They are the values and principles that have personally shaped her, not only as a high-profile executive, but as a daughter, sister, wife, and mother. And man, if ever there was a time, guys, where we needed a guide, tips, tactics, and advice, it's now. How do we work from home, navigate our business, figure out how to be present for our families, all while protecting our own health and taking care of ourselves so we can actually show up for others? So buckle up, because we're about to start the ignition with today's Women of Impact, the one and only Kelly Earnhardt Miller. Hi, Lisa. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Oh, God, so excited. So there's a couple of things in that intro that I really want to hit home from, like, the get-go. You are running a juggernaut of a business, and we are all stuck at home. Now, your nine principles and lessons that you've learned, I'd love to take some of those and really see how you're using those that you've already written and implementing them right now as everybody is, you know, in quarantine. So the first one that really freaking hit me was the managing your emotions. So 
Talk to me about how right now you're managing your emotions and then also how you're able to manage your team's emotions as we're all navigating this new path that no one's ever experienced before. Yeah. You know, the managing the emotions is it's always a difficult one. Right. Um, And especially in times of fear and unknown. And so uh, several weeks ago in the beginning of this covid environment, um, there were so many unknowns. And that first week that we were out of work, uh, really, I was having to use my own book and remind myself of, uh, you know, what to do and and how to approach this. And, And, you know, so much of that is really leaning on the facts and, you know, just understanding, trying to push away the feelings and go, okay, what, what do we know? What can we uh, go with as the truth? And then the fear, you know, fear goes away. It's replaced with experience and personal experience that's happened and, and things that you're learning throughout uh, uh, this environment. But um, so that that's a really difficult thing to do. For me, managing emotions is is a lot about self-talk and and self-preservation of those feelings and kind of putting those things aside and really trying to focus on those facts um, to help my my employees, which we have 125 employees here at Junior Motorsports, um, is is communicating, Um, you know, being available, uh, communicating to them. We're communicating at least on a weekly basis to all 125. If then we have small groups that we're communicating through text and zoom meetings and keeping up with our weekly meetings. And so, um, you know, staying in touch with everyone with our HR manager. I'm so proud of her for taking the initiative to start a, a phone tree and just call people and check in with them because we say in our communication, uh, you know, if you need help, reach out to us. But, oftentimes people don't want to ask. And so, you know, that's how we've, uh, we've been working on. It's just a week by week, take it, take it day by day. That's another thing, you know, don't get ahead. Don't worry with what you can't control. Look at the situation and what can we do about it now? Okay. So for example, my uh, friend runs a small boutique business. She has a zero customer. She's not allowed to be open. What can she do? So let's don't, Let's don't hem and haul over, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe my business is closed down. What am I going to do? Let's focus on what we can do. What we can do is use social media to the best of our ability. Get in touch with our followers. Offer pickup. Offer delivery. Uh, offer shipping. Offer free shipping. She has really sort of reinvented her business at the moment for the sake of what's happening. And we're getting ready to experience the same thing in NASCAR. We're probably going to go racing without race fans. That's terrifying. It's weird. I mean, we show up at an empty racetrack, no fans surrounding. You know, we, we're in a stadium type uh, event, no fans. Feels very strange. But again, we, we've had to sit back and say, you know, what, how can we make that work? What can we do to engage our fans with us? Um, iRacing is really taking off right now in our sport because we're not racing. So this virtual element of racing, uh, we're supporting that through our same efforts that we would support real live racing through marketing and social media and our sponsors. And so you just really have to say, you know, take a look at your situation and say, what can we do to get through this? And let's focus on how we can move forward because we most people, there's going to be some people that maybe do not see, you know, their way out of this, but for the most part, and maybe they don't see their way out of this in the same way. And that's okay too. They may come out of this in a completely new something, which is great. I mean, may show them something in their life that they never 
even dreamed or imagined. So, um, you know, I think just focusing on that and today is, is the best. Yeah, for sure. And God, as you were talking, I was just um, kind of like thinking about how much um, like knowledge you have about your business. You've been in the, like the racing environment your entire life. And this is the first time and it's such a new territory. And so how are you handling that new territory with such optimism instead of some people, like you were saying, like people handle it in different ways. But, you know, by looking at iRacing and considering that, whereas some people automatically would be like, oh, well, I'm screwed. How are you forcing yourself to think outside the box, um, even when you've had so much history and knowledge from, you know, how racing used to be? Well, you know, I had to go through a process of, of finding myself and finding that inner peace about what you're exactly talking about, because it's not easy to do. Um, but when you have that experience of letting go and not worrying with what you can't control, what you can't, you know, settle or move. And, you know, there, there's so much angst and frustration and things like that that come out of worrying about the things that you can't do anything about. And so I've just, for me, it's now a natural way to look at it in just a, because of the peace it brings. Mm. How can I look at this in a grateful way? How can I look at this in a positive way? Uh, what can I do to help? If it's not positive, how can I try to turn it around to be positive? Um, and so that's just really how I choose to to look at it. Um, and it's not easy. It's a it's it's hard. Um, but I, I just find when you when you finally have that experience of the peace that it gives you internally, it's man, it's way worth it. And you won't ever want to control or worry about something. I mean, I don't, I do worry about things, believe me. And I try to control a lot of things, but you know what I mean? And I really (laughs) love that you said that because some people, and I used to definitely be um, guilty of this, is thinking that, oh, okay, if I do this and I do this, then I'm, I'm, I'm done. But it is a constant evolution. Like you even said, you've done it in the past, but you're still worrying now. So in those moments where it's like you have the ups and the downs, what are the things that you say to yourself um, in those moments to pull yourself back out? Do you just remind yourself of the past and say, hey, remember last time when you pulled yourself out? Like, do that again? Like, what is that? What are the mechanisms? Do you go by yourself? Do you take a cold shower? Like, what can people do in those moments? You know, one of the biggest things I do is own it. I just own it because we have it. And my husband, he'll usually reckon, I know it's happening. My husband will call it out and recognize it. And I just say, you know what? I'm having a bad day today. I can't shake this. I want to do something about it. I can't do something about it. Um, Usually that makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. Owning it just makes it feel better. Um, And so I own the fact that I can't fix it, help it. It's okay. You know, be kind to yourself. It's okay to feel that way. It's okay to feel down. It's okay to, I mean, I've had my moments the past three weeks being at home um, of, you know, feeling like an inadequate mom or yelling at my kids over something because I'm frustrated in a moment over here and, and the kid comes in and is like, help me do this. And I'm like, I can't help you do this right now. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, so so owning it and being kind to yourself that that it happens. We're not perfect. We're, you know, we're, we're not these perfect creatures. Um, I also like to just try to find the grateful aspect of it. And that's been something like during this quarantine, 
the family time, the dinners that we're having together. And so, you know, finding whatever, writing it down, you know, some people like to keep journals or do things like that. So what do you do in those moments where your kids come in, you're frustrated? Like I said, I, I can't imagine the weight of things on your shoulders right now for your business. So, you know, everybody would understand, of course, you're going to be stressed. Of course, you're going to be, you know, your emotions are going to be high. But I love that you don't just accept it. So what do you do in those moments where you've realized, oh, crap, I've spilled over onto the other side? Um, how do you handle it then? Because there's two elements to this, right? There's one, the tips and tactics you just gave on how not to get there. I thought they were amazing. Now, we all slip up. So if we slip up, what is your advice on how to deal with that other side so that you don't wallow and stay there? Yeah. So two things on that. One is uh, we try to start our day setting expectations. So we've got the two kids in the house. I've got a 14 and an eight-year-old in the house. They realize that we're having to work. Both my husband and I are, are working. Um, and so setting the expectation up for the day. During this time, mom and dad are going to be working. During this time, we're going to, you know, if you want to pick an activity that we want to do outside or right now we're having to, to deal with as parents right now, teaching our kids at home. Um, and so really laying out the day of, of what it's going to look like. But when I get caught in those moments, um, it takes me a few minutes just because of my personality. Um, us Earnhardts are feisty and we're stubborn <laughs> and, and, you know, we've, we've got some, some great attributes there. Um, you know, and it takes me a moment, but I go back and I, you know, talk about whatever, you know, I'm sorry I yelled at you or um, I lashed out on you because I was really frustrated over here. And then try to make a time or a moment or set some expectation for them that will do whatever it is they want. And just trying to set up that those expectations and, and time, because that's how my family operates. Mm. They like to know, um, you know, they want to know when it's going to happening and so on and so forth. So I think that's uh, versus the kind of the unknown. Nobody likes that. Right. Right. And um, you've got a chapter in your book, actually, which I really think of all times to be so perfect. It's like right now, customized communication. So obviously right now, when you're not in person, there's a certain amount of communication that you're not having by just walking past someone in the hallway um, or there's certain communication with your family that has altered because you're now in each other's pockets day in and day out. So how are you customizing your communication with your team right now and also with your family? If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 
86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is a negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. You know, one of the things I talk about in the chapter is do the right thing always. I mean, you can't go wrong there, right? The biggest thing for me and my employees is really thinking about their families and the impact that all of this is having uh, on them um, and, you know, wanting to make decisions that are best by them. Mm. And, and, and I've taken, you know, obviously I have to look at the financial stability and health of the company, but um, we're not going to know what some of that looks like until much later. Um, if we get all the races in and contracts stand tall and so on and so forth. Um, so, so balancing that has been really difficult and, and kind of uh, working on that. But um, you know, the, the communication right now just is, is, is as transparent and honest as we can be. One thing that I love that I do here, and I know a lot of businesses really, um, you, you know, you can't, please everyone and everyone's not always going to understand, but I try to give them as much information as I can and be transparent as I can about the who, what, and why of a decision. So what can people do right now when they're trying to figure out and navigate the situation with work and family and um, everything like that? What tips can um, people use in order to figure out how to make that decision? So I, I love your notion of do the right thing. That's great. But how do you actually know what the right thing is? Like, how do you... Well, for me, down? doing the right thing. Yeah, doing the right thing for me is not a right or wrong. It's about ethically and morally how I want to be treated because for my employees, like I said, I want the outcome for them to be that they are during all of this crisis, they are the least impacted in their financial well-being and their emotional and health. Right? So how do I get there? What do I do to get there? Um, and in, in that role for me is being okay. So maybe I don't want to cut their salaries. Can I afford not to cut their salaries? What can I do? you know, the, the stimulus stuff that's come out through um, the government, how can I participate in that? You know, looking at every option of how I want to get to that final goal, which is the least impact for my employees. So I think that for me, that's kind of doing the right thing. You know, it, we don't ever know if it's right or wrong, 
we make the decision to the best of our ability, trying to get to what the end result might be. Um, but it, it's a moral and ethical thing yeah. and a lead from the thing for me. I love that. And does that lead into your chapter of aim for the win-win? Aim for the win-win. So this goes, takes it back to Dale Earnhardt, uh, my dad. So um, aiming for the win-win uh, in our business is all about sponsorship, right? So we, we uh, tend to operate on about an 80-20 sponsorship needs versus our winnings um, in, in racing. And so we need good, healthy, strong partners and we need to deliver for those partners. And that's pretty much from, from a win-win standpoint to me is that in the relationships, how does this benefit you? How does this benefit me? Um, and is it a win-win for both of us? And those wins produce impactful situations, relationships, outcomes. Um, they produce uh, long-lasting relationships. Um, and so that's what's always been important. And my dad really instilled that into us early between sponsors and fans. I mean, fans are what makes this business go round. Um, and so keeping those at the forefront are are is what we're doing a win for them, you know, and obviously, I mean, we want to have fun and we want to enjoy what we're doing and all those kinds of things, but you know, how are we winning for both parties and not just pulling it one side or the other? So I, I love that because that's a, how I absolutely deal in my business. Okay. Look, a partnership means this has to be good for you too. So going even back to the communication part is you have to be good at communicating to figure out what that thing is that they need so that you can in interpret it and then work together so that there is that win-win. Um, I actually, well, and that, that brings me to, you know, in, in that brings me to think about laying all 52 cards on the deck, which I talk about in the book and I talk about in the aim for the win-win, because I think what, what we miss often in business is we hold things back. Right. So we don't want to tell them everything because, you know, we don't we don't want to give them an advantage or we don't want them to see something. But that's how you get there. You're transparent, and honest. You lay everything on the table. If they can do the same, then how powerful is that? You know, but even if they don't, you know, even if they don't, you do, it allows them to see the breath and see what we have to offer for them you know, and, and normally if I'm in a conversation and we're laying it all on the table, it'll get them to do the same. They're like, wow, they, you know, they're, they're not holding anything back. They're not leaving any stone unturned. They're not leaving anything off the table for us. And so I think that's really important, too, um, to to lay it all out there, you know, so that you can create those partnerships that are so strong. And one chapter in your book, actually, is um, live a balanced life. How on earth are you living a balanced life right now? <laughs> Well, it's certainly difficult in the quarantine times, uh, you know, with having to work and, and do kids from home. And, and I'm finding myself, you know, like during the day now that I'm home, I get sidetracked really easy with chores and laundry and this and that and so on and so forth. So um, uh, when I'm working, obviously that stuff happens on the weekend. There's kind of a plan for when you're going to do laundry or whatever. I haven't uh, navigated that so far during quarantine. But uh, for me, leading a balanced life and work and business. Very hard for me originally. Very career focused, young, no kids, you know, balls to the wall kind of thing. Um, but where I really struggled was obviously in my role, I'm asked to do a lot of different things. I mean, the business things I have to do from appearances and, and different things like that are one thing, but you know, then they want you to be on this board because of your, 
you know, maybe it's your name that they're looking to lend your name to help with this or help with that or do this or being asked to do that. And so I really had to start saying no. That was the biggest thing. And that is very difficult for me because I want to say yes. I want to help. I want to help, 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 help. And um, I just want people to be happy and, you know, and whatever I can give to that is rewarding for me. Um, but I realized it was at the expense of other people, you know, mainly my family. And um, and so, you know, having to do meetings uh, out of town or having to do meetings in the evening or whatnot, I try to see if my boards, if the boards I'm on, I'm doing daytime stuff, you know, that can, I can work alongside with work and things like that. But um, that's really been the biggest thing for me to kind of balance that out is utilizing people around you, ask for help. I think that's another thing that, that we don't do for families and friends. We're, we're scared we're bothering somebody. We're scared we're burdening, burdening someone uh, to ask them for a favor. But that's, you know, that's what friends are for. That's what family is for. We're here on earth to help and support each other. And um, and so, you know, asking for that help, I think, is really important and, and not being afraid to do that. Um, but the first thing is just saying no, yeah. finding that balance to give what you can give without giving up yourself and sacrificing your family. Yeah, I love that you wrap stories in with those tips and tactics. Like when yeah. something is so emotional and, you know, and you really feel it inside, I think it's then um, it allows you to really force yourself into um, making those changes and, you know, really yeah. um, taking those tips to heart. So, um, yeah, I love all the yeah. stories that you give. Um, well, how are you actually, though, managing right now then with the kids, with the laundry and your business? I mean, that's it's such a reality, I think for every single person um what are you doing so that you don't get distracted over things like laundry dirty plates things <laughs> like that well right now what i'm doing is i'm looking at a laundry basket that's overflowing and we're fixing to have to move from the laundry basket to the bathtub if we, <laughs> if we don't think matters <laughs> does that cause any hands. anxiety though or any stress by just seeing it there now I'm like, we'll get there. We'll get I to love, it. <laughs> I love that. Is that is that natural for you to feel like that? You know, if I have anxiety over it, what what, what where is it going? What all it's doing is manifesting, you know, frustration and issue and angst and distraction and so on and so forth. So why worry about it? Um, you know, the, the thing to help me get into perspective is to maybe schedule time to do it, which mm. is what I need to do, you know, and carve out time, just like you carve out time for anything else. That's one of my little pet peeves is people saying, you know, you'll be texting with a friend. Oh, I haven't seen you in a while. You want to get together for dinner? And it's like, yeah, let's get together. Let's make a plan. Let's make a plan. Let's put it on the calendar because otherwise we throw it back and forth. Hey, haven't heard from you in a while let's go to dinner. Haven't heard from you in a while. Let's go to mm -hmm. dinner. That happens for like six months and you never go to dinner, you know? So like make an action, you know? So that's probably what I need to do at home is make an action for the laundry. Schedule some time, even though it's laundry. Yeah. I'm going to do this on Friday at two o'clock, you know, just like the rest of my life. Yeah. I love that. I actually do that with dates with my husband. It's like, I, we do that. You have to schedule it, especially when you're so busy. Otherwise it will never happen. I just said to my husband, when quarantine is over, the first thing we're doing is we're taking a trip together. Mm -hmm. A little, we need a couple little day rendezvous. Well, I found, you know, you mentioned something earlier too that I that that I loved um, about uh, when something is so emotional, how it really uh, takes a hold of you to want to do something and and really act on it. And um, for me, that was uh, um, when I met my husband ten years ago. 
uh, and he asked me to marry him, I didn't want another failed marriage. That I, that would be my third marriage. Uh, my first marriage was in the midst of my dad dying, which was a crazy time. So I, I count that, but sort of don't count that. Um, and my second marriage to my, my two girls, my older girls, uh, dad. And, um, and so I, I was so emotional on that. Like, I don't want to fail again. I don't want a failed marriage. You know, what, what, where is my part in this? Where is my place in this? What's happening? Why have these marriages not worked out? Why have these relationships not worked out? Um, and so that was the start of the heavy lifting for me to go through therapy and to really find myself and do all this inner soul searching and kind of the baggage of childhood and that stuff playing out in my life and how I made decisions to really kind of put that to rest. And um, 10 years and counting, things are going well. So <laughs> That's amazing. How did you not then play the, the blame game? You do play the blame game. It it took me, I had to stick with therapy a really long time. And I think one part about therapy, first off, we all think that therapy is, you know, for just people who are screwed up, right? Oh, you must be really screwed up. Growing up, that was definitely. So screwed up, you know. You're just so screwed up. There's no help for you. And I I literally sat in my therapist's office the um, the first session and said, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure why I'm here because, I, I, I knew I, I knew I was there because I didn't like my childhood, but my childhood wasn't, I wasn't abused. I wasn't sexually abused. I, I, I didn't go without food, you know, all these, I wasn't homeless. I mean, there, you know, I had a relatively safe childhood physically, emotionally. I missed a lot of things. And so, and she said to me, trauma comes in all different forms and you're emotionally traumatized. You have emotional traumas that you need to deal with. And so I had to hear that from her to be okay. And then you have to go in there and you've got to be honest. You got to be willing to lay it out. You got to be willing to, to tell on yourself and talk about yourself and not make yourself look good. You're not there to look good. You're there to dig deep and find the stuff that doesn't look so good. And so that's how I got there, you know, to, to, to not blame. I mean, I, I walked in there and therapy for me was this, you know, up and down, up and down. Like I'd feel really good. And then it's like, whoo, it all. And you, when you open things up and you open traumatic situations up, that's when you go back down, you know, and then you've got to rise back up. But I feel like I'm on a good plateau because I've learned how to deal with it myself. You know, she's taught me strategies to help myself. And so that's uh, and, and it's easier because I don't even fall back on any of that old, stuff you know anymore well and that's what I really love about your book is that like I'm all about business I freaking love business advice that's just me but I also really really focus on emotion the internal work how I overcome how I build my own confidence because I really have never met one woman that hasn't had to deal with the internal in order for them to be successful with their business or whatever goal that they have and so the fact that you've put this book together you've put these tips together and there's been a beautiful reflection of how that's impacted your business and then also how that has impacted yourself and your own growth like that is so freaking beautiful Um, and where can people find this book where can people you know pick it up I know obviously right now and they can't go to bookstores (laughs) but um where can people find it yeah so if they go to kellyearnhartdrive.com and I'm a kelly with an extra e on the end uh ey 
And, um, you know, it's available on Amazon, Walmart.com, BAM, uh, Books A Million, uh, Barnes & Noble. Um, and uh, you can follow me on social. Uh, this is, if you noticed in my book, I did not talk about consistency because this is where things go south for Kelly as a businesswoman. Uh, all of my social media, nothing's consistent. <laughs> Kelly Earnhardt Miller on Instagram. I'm Earnhardt Kelly on Twitter. And I'm Kelly K. Earnhardt on Facebook. So, um so I need to straighten that out and uh, work on that. But um, so, yeah, follow me on social. I, I just want to just want to be helpful. God, um, actually, there was one question that I was dying to ask you um, and I didn't actually get around <laughs> to it. So I'm actually just going to ask you now. Um, how, what made you decide to not postpone your book? Because I've, I know a lot of people, obviously, with the show that I do, I get a lot of authors on and so many people have postponed. But you didn't. And... First of all, I just want to say how admirable that is. Like, I freaking love the fact that you still were like, no, this book is coming out. Um, what made you decide to do that? Because I think it's so freaking helpful for people to have that book now. Yeah. But how did you make that decision? Yeah, I was really nervous about it. And so I leaned on my publisher and, you know, they obviously set the dates and work on this timing and schedule. And about a month prior, uh, right in the middle of March when all this was happening, um, I said to them, you know, is this, are we going to stay on tune? And, and, and I feel really, it feels weird to go out and talk about a book and promote a book. And they had to remind me, Kelly, your book is full of goodness. In a time like this, what you have to say is applicable. And people are going to be reading books, sitting at home, and what your book has to say is pertinent and relevant, you know, and so um, that that was really, you know, and as I've looked at that story in my own head and said, you know what, that that's what this book is about. It's about helping people and, and about facing challenges and getting through challenges and persevering through that. So that's why we kept the date super scary to me, um, particularly, you know, when you can't run out to the store and grab it or see it on a shelf when you're walking by uh, or whatever. But, um, you know, we'll we'll. The, the right thing will happen and it'll all see us through. So yeah, I just want to say personally, that is so admirable that, um, you know, because, because you can't leave your house, you can't be doing all these press tours and doing all the publicity yeah. and the promotion that I'm sure you had scheduled. And yes. the fact that you, it could be detrimental to the book, but the fact that it was would bring value to people, you still decided going back to actually what you even said, which is a perfect example, do the right yeah. thing. Like this is actually a beautiful example of you doing the right thing. So I just personally want to say thank you so much for still putting it out because I, I completely agree. There are many things that I think are certainly applicable right now as people are staying at home. So guys, guys, just as a way of saying thank you go check out this woman's website check out her book it is so freaking impactful um before i say goodbye though i want to know kelly what is your superpower girl i was wondering if you were gonna go there <laughs> of course <laughs> my superpower um my i'm gonna say my superpower is making people feel like they matter it's important to me to matter and i want to make sure that other people feel like they matter too Kelly, thank you so much for joining. Guys, guys, like I said earlier, please do go check out her book. Check out her website. Check out everything she's doing. Really, really want to freaking support this woman and everything she's bringing into the world to bring empowerment to us. But until next time, people, be the hero of your own life. Peace out. <laughs>